Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. We are back on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio this Saturday from 9 to 11 Eastern. So now you can get us every week, twice a week. Yay! Make Woo. sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you know what we're up to this offseason. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby, and I'm here with my lovely sisters and co-hosts, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. Hello, ladies. Hello. 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 Last week, we did quarterbacks. This week, we're doing wide receivers. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so let's start off with the wide receivers that we missed last year, and we can't wait to see them get back in their groove this year, or maybe we can. Here's a list of some of the players that will, were injured most of the year last year. We have Keenan Allen for the Los Angeles Chargers, which is so weird. Josh Doxson, Marcus Wheaton, Eric Decker, both of which found a new team, and, and then Vincent Jackson. So, ladies, Ashley, uh, are you excited about any of these guys this year? I think the guy I'm most excited about is Eric Decker. Uh, I'm intrigued by Marcus Wheaton in Chicago, but I do not love that offense as much as I love the potential offense of the Tennessee Titans. So if Eric Decker is, you know, he's his best when he's the wide receiver too. So as long as they maintain Richard Matthews as the wide receiver one, I think Eric Decker and Richard Matthews can both shine, but I'm a little nervous about how, that may play out in terms of roles, but I think he's the one I'm most excited about. Very nice. Brandon? All right. Well, I would say that I'd like to see a strong preseason performance from Josh Doxson. His ADP is 151 overall, according to the AP number ADP numbers at Fantasy Football Calculator, which is the 56th wide receiver off the board. Now, you would think that that would get me excited and like happy because that seems like a value. But the problem is, is that over the offseason, yes, they lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon, and both of them had 1,000-yard seasons, but they brought in Terrell Pryor. Jamison Crowder actually led the team in touchdowns. So I'm just not quite sure where Josh Jackson is going to work in here. And so I'd like to see it. Now, supposedly he had a great, uh, you know, he was fantastic in OTAs. Everyone's really excited. But you know who else was fantastic in OTAs last season? Nelson Aguilar. Mm. So yeah. I'm going to need to see a little bit more. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm. Well, thanks again to our sponsors, HelloFresh. Make sure to hop over to HelloFresh.com, enter her FFB30 for $30 off your first order. It's less than $10 a meal, so do it. It's amazing. Ashley just got another box in herself. Yep. Well, all right, you guys, let's hop into our top 10 wide receivers. At number one, Antonio Brown. Then we have Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, A.J. Green, and Mr. Mike Evans rounds off the top five. Then we go to T.Y. Hilton, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Michael Thomas, and Amari Cooper. Now, Brandon, start us off here. Is there anyone on this very talented list that you're okay passing on? Obviously, they're all fabulous. We're not going to, you know, rip on any of them, but... Are we not? No. Are we? We can move past. We can move on. <laughs> There's one we're not going to be reaching for. 
Yeah, I I think uh, I think this player is going to be fine, but I don't think he's going to take this huge leap forward, and he doesn't really need to because he's been really uh, great as a fantasy option. But Mike Evans has very much relied on volume his entire career. Last season, he led the league with 173 targets, uh, but he only had 96 catches. Uh, now, listen, a lot of that's Jameis Winston. And again, we talked about this in the last show, in the quarterback show. James Winston is not an, an incredibly accurate passer either. So don't get me wrong. This is a, a, a yin and yang kind of situation between the two of them. But the problem is, is that everybody's really excited about a lot of people on that team. And the thing is, is that they can't all be great fantasy options. So is Deshaun Jackson really going to be that down the field threat? Is he going to get the targets that we think he's going to get? And then Cameron Bray supposedly has built upon his great rapport with Jameis Winston over the off season. Is that going to continue? And then OJ Howard supposedly going to get a lot of work in two tight end sets. Charles Sims is back. Supposedly Doug Martin's going to be a baller once he's back from suspension. All of these things cannot happen at the same time with Mike Evans still getting 170 plus targets. So I'm a little bit nervous about that volume dip. I think there'll be better targets. Um, so perhaps he's going to have a better rate because listen, he's only catching 55.49% of his passes. That's really low or um, of his targets, I should say. So uh, yeah, I guess I would just say that for me, I'm okay with where he is because I still think he is going to be a target hog, but I don't think he's going to be as much of one. And so I guess I haven't taken him a whole lot this offseason. Ashley, you're shaking your head and smirking. You got something to say? You got something to say? I totally, I totally agree. You know, I feel like Mike Evans is the guy that I kind of rag on every year despite the fact that he is always a top receiver. <laughs> but for Not me, only one the top receiver, he was the top receiver. He was. He was. Link. But I agree with Brandon. It's almost a too many cooks in the kitchen situation for me in Tampa right now where there's too many options. And Deshaun Jackson is too big of a threat. It is far different than Vincent Jackson being that secondary target there. This is Deshaun Jackson that we're talking about here. Um Again, to me, it is oh, brand dead on. It has been a volume play. So that 173, I'm going to guess maybe may drop down more to like the one, what do you think, 140 range maybe? Maybe. I mean, maybe you know, like lower. maybe in targets. I mean, and so if you're looking at 96 yeah. catches, that puts him probably in the 70s, 80s of what he's going to catch. And I've always not had a problem with the fact that he doesn't complete a lot of his catches because the volume was there. So I think it is completely valid to be a little nervous about volume is going to go down. What does that do for Mike Evans? But I, I agree. I mean, every year is a topic. I would never, I wouldn't crazy. Not him, but you're asking us to say, which guy would you maybe skip on? I can see why I'd maybe the skip top guy for that. The, the leading scorer in fantasy last year. That's the one you're going to choose. Because there's nobody else on the team. Now this year, OJ Howard, you got Bray. I mean, there's a lot more options. Bray was there. Last I'm not saying year. I'd skip on him. Yeah, but again, like Brand says, the rapport is apparently better. I just Deshaun yeah, Jackson really the one guy. He ha averages almost 14 yards a catch, which is more than Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Jordy Nelson, and Michael Thomas. But don't you think he that's going to go tons down? Tons of red zones. He gets the two point conversion. No, I think I think more cooks in the kitchen in this kind of in this kind of offense is good. I think that's good. But it's I, not good for him when he is a solely a volume guy. No, Brandon's even said it before. OJ Howard is more of is a great blocker, which is going to help Jameis Winston have more time to get yeah. the ball out. And and 
And the, Mike Evans has one of the easiest schedule schedules for wide receivers. So he it's does. going to have he's he's going to have a fantastic. For Courtney, you've asked us to be nitpicky about obviously receivers. None of us are passing on. No one is saying don't Evans. draft Mike Evans. We're just <laughs> saying hate Mike Evans. There's valid reasons to be concerned. Because I don't hate Mike down. Evans, but I, 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 I do either. think yeah. I think that it is of note that he has by far the lowest catch percentage of the top twenty wide receivers by far. Now, I mean, listen again. I think the value of those targets could go up if Jameis has all this time or whatever. I don't think he's going to have the same yards per catch. The reason why is because now he's going to split the deep ball with Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. That just makes nope. sense. I mean, I listen. I'm not passing on him, but I am taking AJ Green ahead of him, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But um, that doesn't, and and because a lot of people are taking Mike Evans first, I'm probably going to miss on him because I personally have AJ Green ahead of him. But um, listen, he's amazing. I don't, I don't have any, I have no beef with Mike Evans. I love him. I just think that at the beginning of the off season, everybody was so high on them. Like he's gonna, he's gonna be better and crazy and i just think like 1300 yards is pretty good i don't think he's gonna be better that's all i'm saying i think that's pretty darn good being the best in the league is tough being the best in the league is tough for the first time there's nowhere to fall you know there's nowhere to go but so you're taking mike evans over antonio brown no i'm taking mike evans right where he is i'm not passing him up for somebody right below him I like would if Mike Evans is available but... when he's there, that's who I'm taking. I'm not taking AJ Green over Mike Evans. Really? Who has like the toughest schedule in the NFL is the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I'm not passing him up for AJ Green, which Brand says we're going to get into AJ Green later. So we'll do that later. Yeah. I'm going to tell you who I'm <laughs> passing up on this top 10. And I really am legit <laughs> passing up on him. I want nothing to do with this man is Amari Cooper. I'm sorry, and it's not just because I'm a Broncos fan, but he is one of the toughest schedules for wide receivers. As I said, only A.J. Green has a tougher schedule in this top 10 receivers. I wouldn't want to face the Broncos twice a year. I wouldn't want to face, face the Chiefs twice in the same year. And guess what? We don't think about the San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers as having a good defense, but they have one of the best corners in the league. Mm-hmm. And when Amari Cooper plays him, they shut him down. So I'm just saying that's six games, six games. He only had five touchdowns last year. I think he's going to have maybe more than that, but it's hard. Now they have Marshawn Lynch, who's going to see, I think, a lot of the red zone targets, unfortunately. So I I, I just I don't love it. But I do love about Amari Cooper is in week 15 and 16, he plays the Cowboys and the Eagles, who do not shut down corners so that is good that is good so i will say that's a positive thing for him but i am passing on amari cooper i would rather 11 12 13 over amari cooper so you're saying the raiders aren't gonna pull a seattle and not give marshawn lynch the red zone targets i mean Mm. who knows maybe in the playoffs but i I just i'm not banking on that uh with the chiefs and the broncos games and I think that's a really good point. Yeah, because, I mean, you can run, right? Didn't we learn that? You can actually run on those teams, at least definitely the Broncos. You can run a little bit, and and the Chargers, you can definitely run. So that's what they're going to be doing during those six games. That's a lot of games. It's a big chunk of games. That's a big chunk of games. So, I yeah. Yeah. 
Not my interesting. But if you want to trade for him later in the season, again, 15, 15 and 16 should be money for you. Do a little trade. Like Anyways, that. Ashley, what about you? Yeah, again, I, I'm not passing any, any of these guys on the list, just to be very clear. I will be more than happy with any of them on this list. Um, but I actually really like the two guys that you guys already brought up uh, for the valid reasons to be concerned, not necessarily pass, but, you know, concerned. Um, but I had to pick something you obviously didn't already mention. So for me, it'd be Des Bryant. Okay, so he has only played 22 games the past two seasons due to injury. With that said, when he played, he played well and was a top 20 receiver over in over half of those outings in 2016. Uh, but before these two, you know, past really injury filled seasons, he was a guaranteed top 10 receiver. So there's also concern of a shift to move to a run heavy offense, but I don't think it's going to be as impactful as some people are making that out to be, you know, and, but if we look at ADPs here, so in 2014, he was, at 12 and 13 in 2013, two seasons that he was healthy. This year, his ADP is 21. That is drastically lower than where he had been previously to that. So if he has a 2014-like season, then you got an absolute steal at 21. If he has a 2014, sorry, 20, again, he's a steal. But let's not forget that he didn't get a preseason workout in 2015 needed to because of the whole franchise tag holdout. He's one of those guys that held out on that. And then also in 2016, he had multiple leg surgeries in the beginning of the season. He had issues with uh, his ankle, his foot, his back, his knee. This guy has just not been healthy at all. But he is healthy now. Uh, and, and he has gone on to say there's been times where I am seriously injured, but I still go. The way that I feel now, I'm not dealing with really anything. I feel damn good. I know once I'm 100%, I'm hard to deal with. And I believe him. If you look at how he did the last eight games of last season, it was over 80 yards and a touchdown is what he was averaging. So while I was sitting there telling you not to pick him, I have like somewhat still talked my way into him. It's really just kind of that slight injury that was concerning. But I think for the value, it's completely worth that pick. I think most people have those feelings towards does in general. As a person, again, probably. We're, we're being nitpicky <laughs> here, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was like, I mean, we're probably the only show that's going to, you know, but I think that's fair. Like, I think that's good that you say that because, you you know, your number one pick, your number two pick is huge for your season, you know. So I think it's good that we're giving these people options. We give you three guys that maybe you want to just, you know, take a pause. And that leaves seven guys that we're saying go for. Like, also, enjoy. I don't like the cowboy drama this offseason. There's and a lot of drama. He showed up three hours for the first day of camp. He missed the conditioning test. He says he had sinus issues and a headache. But then other people were saying he was out the night before. Um, supposedly Terrence Williams has been bonding with Dak Prescott over the offseason. We already know he's a good connection with Cole Beasley. I, I, I hear that. I think Amari and Dez are good choices. I mean, I already picked Terrence Williams up in a different league, so I certainly hope they're bonding. But I think I think this is gonna be fine. <laughs> if and you say it, it will come. It's that's right. right. Will it? I'm gonna will it. We're gonna will we're gonna Williams. be secret this season. Actually, we're gonna be yeah. the secret this season. Because again, <laughs> that should be a segment. You we can should get have our own board. I'm I am having. Oh, what do they call it? Manifesting. We're yeah. gonna manifest. This, you know what, listen, I mean, hopefully it all works out. I, I don't want to think too hard about these camp issues either. I go back and forth on like how much I care and how much yeah. I don't. Don't you? Yeah. I do. But the thing is, at it's least especially with the Cowboys, because like, oh, you're a bad boy. Great. 
more the time. Drama. Yeah, the they don't like care. they love it. They feed off of that crap with, yeah. in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I mean like unless the you're lucky, boys whitehead. of like not giving a crap yeah. about bad people. <laughs> yeah, so, if you're, if you're yeah. lucky, you're not so lucky over there. No, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the unluckiest yeah, yeah. lucky ever. Ooh. <laughs> I just All love right. that press conference too, where Garrett just had the same exact thing. Like oh, six, when they eight actually times in a row. Some- who oh, didn't commit a crime and so kept awkward. the one who did. It's sweet. So awkward. It's fun. It's fun. It's um, all right, Ashley, which of these guys are you hoping ends up on your team? So which draft position are you hoping for to get that guy? Well, I mean, I obviously want guys one through three, Brown Jones or Beckham Jr. Mm. I mean, who doesn't, mm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I think I've talked myself into Des, actually, purely for the fact that <laughs> He has, I love this, Ashley. You have him yeah. as the guy you're passing on and the guy that you're going for. I turn a negative into yeah. a positive, Courtney. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's Ashley has gone from the secret manifesting style to dual personality. <laughs> yep, yep. If you build it, need... he will come. If he will not come. Right. You're building well, here's, it. Here's the thing, though, is that arguably – he has the best chance to outperform his ADP compared to everybody else in that list just for where he falls, right? Yeah. So that's to me, if I'm looking at these guys, if I get a one through three, then my best chance is probably a Dez at the, towards the bottom of that list. And he's got a very, very, very favorable schedule weeks one through 13. During the playoffs, it gets a little bit harder. He has the 11th hardest schedule for receivers during that time. But during the regular season, really great schedule, which is going to make that outperform his ADP very, very doable. Nice. Brandon, what about you? Who's your guy you want? Well, as I said, we were going to discuss AJ Green. So I understand. I don't, I rarely draft for schedule and I think it's great that you guys are bringing it up though. I think it's really good. And, 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 you know, everyone needs to have like their own technique and the things that they do. Um, And I think it's really important Uh, other than I think the Amari Cooper schedule, which I think you really sold me on that. But uh, other than that, I usually try to just go for That's one division. You can just like, no, you just know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's every year. It's very consistent. And it's every year. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Know? So I would say that with AJ Green, here's my thing. Only one wide receiver has had over a thousand yards in five back-to-back seasons. And that's actually Demarius Thomas. And we'll get to him later in the show too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, AJ Green though, would have had six years in a row if he was able to play in more than 10 games. And still in only 10 games, he was only 36 yards shy of a thousand yard season again. So to me, his floor is so high. He is yeah. consistently involved in the game plan. And for me, if you're at the end of your uh, draft order, I'm cool with AJ Green because I'm actually cool with a lot of the people on the way back too in terms of running backs that you can get there, like the Jordan Howards of the world. There, there's some good choices. So I'm cool with starting with AJ Green as my solid wide receiver one that if he's on the field, he is the guy. And they can put anyone around him, that's fine. But he is the guy. If he is healthy, which is, he absolutely is, uh, I feel I feel good about him. I like that, Brandon. I like it. Uh, Demarius. Demarius is bomb diggity, too. And I think we sometimes just can't look at him straight because of the quarterback situation. But you know what? He is good. Best he's, worst- a, he's a 
Mike Evans, you can't watch him. You just can't watch him. Maybe as a Broncos fans, we feel that way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know what? To be, out, be honest, after writing this outline, I, I do think I'm going to be changing a little bit of the wide receiver rankings and moving Mr. Michael Thomas up in our rankings mm. simply because his ADP is higher than where we have him ranked. And I don't want you to miss out on Michael Thomas just because we have him ranked too low. You, you need Michael Thomas in your life. He has the seventh easiest schedule for receivers and with no Brandon Cooks to take the targets. So Cooks had 117 targets last year for the Saints. Now they got Tegan Jr., who surprisingly had 95 targets. Does mm -hmm. that not shock you? Like I was thinking like, oh, 117 for Brandon Cooks. God, Tegan Jr. is what going to be like. 65 because he's such a good receiver he caught you know i guess he dropped a lot of balls i guess but i was like man 95 receptions for Tenkin jr i don't know how i missed that um because i even owned him in quite a few leagues but yeah so there are going to be some more targets going in michael thomas's way for sure so i think it's only going to get better for him um, not only that but teams will have to pay attention to that running game even more now with AP there. Whether you think AP is going to be amazing or not, he's still that threat that teams feel that threat, that just just enough to give him just another inch to be able to run, you know, and Michael Thomas can get the break and catch that ball. So I'm in love with Michael Thomas this year. And last season, the Saints were one of only four teams that had 2,000-yard wide receivers on it, and it was Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas. This year, it's Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed, and then if Ted Ginn is the Willie Sneed of this year, that's like 800 yards. Ted Ginn will be the Willie Sneed of this year. Well, he and you got you could take him like at the very end of your draft. So who cares? Like it's just upside at that point. You get him round 14. It's like pfft. right, right. And who doesn't want Drew Brees throwing your guy the ball? Yeah, I mean, come on, right? Come on. All right, you guys, make sure you hop over to Her Fantasy Football for all of our rankings. Also, our uh, draft cheat sheet, our tiered draft cheat sheet is up. So go to herfantasyfootball.com slash cheat sheet. You can print it off, bring it to all your drafts. Super easy. Get everybody you want. We update it frequently. Um, so it'll be updated next Tuesday, right, Brandon? Yeah, it was doing? updated yeah. today. It was updated yeah. today. It'll be updated um, hopefully every Tuesday night, Monday or Wednesday morning. So you'll be able to do it during your weekends. And we try to make changes as it goes along. There'll be another one tomorrow, like with the injury news and stuff like that. Right. So if we make right. little increments, we'll we'll try to make more changes in between. But it'll be, yes. it'll be pretty Jess accurate. Dixon is out for the season. Get Danny Woodhead. Right, Brandon? That's what we're doing. And Mr. West. Side note. And Mr. West. Yep. Yes. He yes, became relevant again. Welcome yeah, he back. did. Always does. Always yep. does. Always comes back. <laughs> the guy is like. And yes. Devontae Booker out six to eight weeks with a wrist injury. That news just broke about 20 minutes ago. So. Yeah, Devontae Booker. Yeah. So Jamal Charles' stock is going to go up just a little bit more. And Joe Flacco has a disc issue, although a lot of yep. people are saying he's going to be fine by week one. But either way. You might be able to get then those guys for value as well. Macklin, Wallace. They yes. don't have a tight end. No. 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 Tragic <laughs> over there. <laughs> so we don't need to discuss that. But the other guys, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's get into the next 10 wide receivers on our rankings, 11 through 20. We've got Doug Baldwin at the top of the list, Marius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, 
and Larry Fitzgerald. This is not your top ten. So this can be interesting here. Give me your dynamic duo, um, Ashley, if you could, with one of these wide receivers to match with your previous Des Bryant. Well, it's my technically Antonio Brown Jones or Beckham and Ooh, Des right, Bryant. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, and yes. And this right. guy. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, so the fifth guy on your team would be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, there are a lot of unknowns for me with some of these guys here. Uh, in regards of Hopkins, you know, who I used to believe is quarterback proof. He kind of shook me to the core last year. I'm not sure I've bounced back with him yet on my feelings on that. Jeffrey's on a new team. Watkins tends to be injury prone. Uh, Edelman, you know, he has got Brandon Cooks in the mix now. So I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about some of that. So all great players, and I don't hate any of them. But Larry Fitzgerald at 20 is great value. His ADP is 70, which is pretty low for a guy who finally has a healthy quarterback. Uh, again, debatable about what's healthy with a completely old quarterback, but again, healthy in theory. Uh, and to you know, and then to boost that production that he already had in the 2016 season, finishing 17th overall out of all the wide receivers and 10th overall out of the receivers in 2015. So he also has the third easiest schedule this year and is that short range slot receiver, which adds for me a level of comfortability for the fact we've got an aging quarterback who's had some health concerns over the years and has lost a little bit of arm strength. So I really like that the fact that he's that short range slot receiver. And again, it doesn't get more consistent than Larry Fitzgerald. So no, that's my guy. Someone I was like talking it. about Megatron and drafting him. People wanted him to come back. And I was like, you know what? There's not a day that goes by that. I don't miss Megatron and fantasy. And the next thing I'm going to be sad about is when Larry's Larry. Gosh, he's the oh. guy. <laughs> It'll be the end of the era. Don't say it. It won't Larry's be. no Me Megatron. He's going to be there forever. He's a possession guy. His own, his own tier. True. He's his own tier. I know. It's like David uh, Robinson. I know. I know. That's basketball, oh. but still. I still miss him. I know. <laughs> he's still in my dreams. But there he is. He's still in my dreams. I still think he's playing ball. It's fine. Uh, it's okay. back. Kurt, Kurt Warner is still playing football as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's, yeah, that's right. Hall of Fame, Schmall of Fame. You're still here, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, uh, Demarius Thomas, as I said, later in the show. Uh, again, I, five seasons of back-to-back 1,000 -back yards. What's more impressive about that is that in all five of those seasons, another wide receiver on the same team also had 1,000 yards. That is insane. Whether it was Eric Decker or Emmanuel Sanders, literally every single time someone else was also getting over a thousand yards on top of that he was able to do this with Peyton Manning having a historic season right an amazing season great quarterback play and when Peyton Manning stunk and whatever that offense was last season he still was putting up a thousand yards now he only had five touchdowns he needs to score more than that to be the way that we want him to be uh but to me having a horrible season and still putting up over a thousand yards with a quarterback that you're not quite sure even is still your quarterback the following year. Uh, 
I think that he just shows staying power. He and yeah. he also he never misses games, so you can always play him. Uh, again, though, I mean, Courtney makes a really good point about that division, um, but he's played in that division and put up over a thousand yards all these years. So uh, again, I, to me, he's just proven he can do it. So I, again, I like him, and his ADP is lower than what we have, and we're high on him. And it's not because we're homers; it's because of math. Yeah. Yeah, Completely absolutely. I, and and you know what? I feel like, hear me out, the Raiders' play is a little bit more predictable because they have so many good moving pieces, whereas the Broncos, you just don't know what's going to happen back there. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to predict what they're going to do because exactly that quarterback situation is such a mess. It is kind of uh, an interesting situation. Their running back uh, situation, running back mess. I was saying, I hate the running, running backs. backs nervous. I mean, the what are we going to do? With last that? year was awful. I mean, yeah. So we'll see. But um, I do love me some Demarius Thomas. I also love some Doug Baldwin, and I like him because mm -hmm. he's not sexy. Now we have him ranked at eleven, and that's exactly where he should be, if not ten. But he, people kind of overlook him, and mm, I yeah. like that. People overlook teams that have a running 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 quarterback i feel like on receivers a little bit mm -hmm. you kind of bump them down some so you can get doug baldwin at a you know the 11th 12th uh wide receiver when really he could end up being seven eight you know maybe even higher to, you know we'll see how it goes but um i i just i really like him you know and guess who has the easiest schedule this year the wide receivers for the Seattle Seahawks. So I like that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I know he, you may be thinking, well, he plays the Cardinals and the Rams twice a year, like we had just said about Amari Cooper um, with the Chiefs and the Broncos. But last year in week 15 and 16, he played those teams and he got a touchdown in each game and a total of 200, over 200 yards. So some teams, some guys are just better against good defenses. Some guys get shut out. Mari Cooper gets shut out. Doug Baldwin, not so much. So uh, I, I, I still enjoy him. Um, so we'll see. I think, think you think the touchdowns too, Brandon, just like Demarius, the only having five touchdowns. But Russell Wilson was injured mm -hmm. a lot last year. And he's healthy this year. And I think that is going to be amazing for Doug Baldwin. So I, I like him. He's my guy. And he plays the Cowboys in week 16 which might be your championship, which is amazing. If they have defenders that aren't suspended at that right. point, we don't know. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Oh, the, the Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like Poor a Cowboys. matchup in week 16. It's like fabulous for Doug Baldwin. It's like, who's going to be playing on the Cowboys? You don't know. It's a surprise. It's surprise. a surprise. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time to talk about the hype guys, players that may be going higher than what you think their values should be, or maybe going lower for their potential. Ashley, which receiver is going way too high for you to ever draft him? I am not and have never been on the Dante Moncrief train. Mm. I can't do it. He right might be my new Bishop Sankey, which is not a kind thing to say That's at all. Nice. But and we are nice. low on him. We are low on him. Yeah. Well, people love him. He is such people that he is that stereotypical potential guy. He is. 
he is literally the Bishop Sankey. And his ADP is 69, <laughs> which is higher than Larry Fitzgerald, Jamison Crowder, Willie Sneed, Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, and Cameron Meredith. I could go on and on with better, more solid players that are more consistent than Dante Moncrief that are a lower ADP than him. It drives me insane. Sanders, Fitzgerald, and Crowder were all top 25 wide receivers last year, and Sanders, Jackson, and Fitzgerald also had 1,000-plus yard seasons. Meredith uh, almost had 900 yards. So while Moncrief, yes, he only played nine games, he only had 307 yards. Come the F on. Get off this train. I cannot <laughs> handle people saying that Dante Moncrief should go above Emmanuel Sanders. What crack are you on? There you go. Your no opinions this there. way. Don't oh my gosh. Dante I want the Moncrief. good stuff. I want the good stuff. Ash, Brandon, which guy are you passing on? Quaaludes. Puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, uh, pass. <laughs> Be courteous. Be courteous. Well, now I feel bad going into this particular conversation. Uh, I'm a little worried about Martavis Bryant, and a lot of people are very high on him because of his talent. I have no issues with Martavis Bryant personally or with his talent, frankly. Uh, I don't love the situation, though. At, last season, he was out for the entire season. He was at rehab. Um you know, he was taking care of himself. He says he feels like a different person after going to rehab and also uh, the birth of his child, this entire suspension. He was able to really find himself. He feels good. He came back with, with 10 extra pounds of muscle. I don't know if I love that because he's kind of a speed guy, so I'm not quite sure I needed the extra 10, but supposedly he looks like a beast and everyone's really excited. And athletically, he looks like he's all back. Um, however, it was a little weird because um, – this week he said, uh, or I think it was late last week, he said that he wants to have a sit-down man-to-man with Ben Roethlisberger to talk about his feelings about what he said about him needing to earn his respect back and that um, he had let the team down and et cetera, et cetera. But what's really weird is that the two conversations he was referring to happened last year, a whole year ago, and in April. And it's with Martavis Bryant himself who brought it up. And then, um, weird they haven't had a sit-down yet. Yeah. I, that is weird. What? And a bit of an accountability well, listen, issue. Uh, listen, some people handle this kind of situation differently. Some people are like, let's not talk about it. It's over. Move past. Maybe that's Ben Roethlisberger. So maybe he just wants to ignore what's in front of his face. I don't know. But it seems like obviously Martavius Bryant is very uh, hurt about this still. So he needs to get it off his chest. Obviously. And if you remember correctly, too, when the draft happened, when Juju Smith-Schuster was drafted, he, uh, Martavis Bryant and Sammy Coates got into a Twitter argument about who was losing their job to Juju. And remember this back and forth? That it was yes. like – and I, I, So I – I don't know if like just emotions are on high right now and he's just trying to get back into the groove or what the deal is. Uh, but listen, Juju Smith-Schuster is a really, really talented wide receiver. Um, if you saw any of his tape from USC, you would be impressed by him. And on top of that, the NFL actually uh, did a, you know, a comp on him to Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden had a very long career that may still be prolonged. He may find another team. Uh, I, you know... 
if Martavis Bryant's ADP was lower, I'd be all in. The talent yes. is not in question, but you have to take him early. Hi. You can take him like at that Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Crabtree area. And I'm not quite sure he's definitely the number two. And if he doesn't have to earn the respect, I think that may be a thing. I think that may be a reality that we have to contend with. So I'm sad because I really, really want the player and the potential. But man, you're not paying for potential at that point. You're paying for a starter. And I'm not quite sure he's an every week starter right now. And I think we've got an immaturity and accountability issue on our hands here. And I, mean, I don't like that combination either. He's going above Jarvis Landry. And I'm not one to like be like, I love Jarvis Landry. <laughs> but I think Martavius Bryant, I mean, that's nuts. He's going like right below Devontae Adams, who's, uh, you know, one of the best wide receiver twos in the league. Actually, is he a wide receiver three? I don't even know what he is, but whatever he is, he's one of the better ones of getting you fantasy points. Right. So I just don't know. I agree. That's just like way too rich for an unknown. Above it's Jarvis Landry? He's going in the fourth round. If someone yes, is a fourth, fourth round, round pick, he oh needs gosh, to be an every week not. starter. And absolutely he's not. not. I totally mm. agree. I totally don't make me go Dante Moncrief on this. This is absurd. And again, though, it's not that he's not talented. And that's why you have to kind of look at at, at technique and skill and strategy. Because upside is something you should be doing at like round six, seven, eight, right? That's where you start drafting for upside, not round four. Four is a guy you're depending on every single week. And if you can't do it, don't draft him. My talent doesn't matter if your quarterback won't throw you the ball. So. That doesn't help. Nope. Nope. Well, my guy who, again, it's all about value, where you have to get him, right below Martavius Bryant is Marshall, uh, Brandon Marshall. And I just don't understand how a 33-year-old who has injury histories, he just got off the Jets ride roller coaster, uh, <laughs> is a guy you're going to draft again in that fourth or fifth round. It just doesn't – it doesn't – sound like a good value at all for me. Uh, And listen, he's 33 years old and he's fighting for targets from OBJ and Sterling Shepard. I mean, I think that everyone just thinks, oh, Sterling Shepard, nothing now because of, because of Brandon Marshall, but Brandon Marshall's just a big body. So I just, I just don't, I just don't see it being like this. They're totally different players because Sterling Shepard's in the slot. Well, yeah. I mean, I exactly. So what, Sterling Shepard's not going to get the targets? Break. He's still going to get plenty of targets. I I just think that I I just don't see it. Again, if he fell to like the seventh, eighth round, like we were talking about, guys that have maybe upside, then sure. But in the fifth round, it's too rich for my blood. So I'm – passing on Mr. Brandon Marshall this year. I hope he has a wonderful, wonderful uh, year. But uh, I also don't like the fact that he's already getting into broadcasting. I feel like he just knows it's, it's almost over. But yet the fantasy world doesn't. Is it because the they're dropping them Courtney? super high? Uh, yeah. I th- well, I think <laughs> there's only so many broadcasting <laughs> spots for these retired NFL players, and they know it. So now they're trying to get into the game before they're retired. Beforehand. Smart. You know, smart. Brandon Marshall's the first. I like it. Well, Greg Olson did a little broadcasting himself at the draft. So, well, and Julian Edelman has his own show. 
So let's not forget the couch show. Well, it's Travis Kelsey had a dating amazing. show. Yeah. Yeah. But that's now Rob Gronkowski's on Nickelodeon. So, I mean, here's my thing about Brandon Marshall. They don't make enough money in the NFL, I guess. They always, okay, the New York Giants had the most three wide receiver sets in the National Football League. That is true. But now they also have this tight end that they're trying to get involved of in Engram. They, Shane Vereen is supposedly healthy and they want to have him be a big part of it. Again, this is kind of like the Tampa Bay thing where it's like there are so many targets that are supposed to be sleepers or these big guys. Well, it's like, well, if that happens, then this guy's not a fifth-round pick because he's never going to be OBJ. OBJ is for sure the number one wide receiver on the New York Giants. There's no way he's going to overtake OBJ. But that would be that make no sense. It's zero no, sense. No, no way. Not happen. So how is he? And I, I don't think enough people are giving Sterling Shepard enough credit. No. So and Eli Manning is I on mean, the way down. That's what I'm saying. I, Eli Manning isn't even a Jameis Winston. I mean, I understand. So the Brandon Marshall Sterling Shepard debate. I understand that, and I I can maybe think I do think Brandon Marshall did better than Sterling Shepard this year. I do. But the fifth round is a little high. It's just there's starting wide receiver ones that you can still get in that round. So why you'd be going to a second or third wide receiver, hoping you're going to happen to have a tandem that reaches a thousand yards each, which only two teams did last year. That's pretty high expectations. Sterling Shepard is going at the end of the 12th round. A, the, a debate between the two? Clearly, there's no debate because Brandon Marshall's getting picked in the fifth round, and Sterling <laughs> Shepard is in the twelfth. That means he's some of the some people's last offensive pick. That's crazy. So I'm sorry. That's enough. That's I will save my breath for Sterling Shepard if that's going to be the deal. I'm not. That's it's great. Great. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Brandon, which sleeper are you drafting in your league? Say 12-man league, bigger. What are you saying? You guys, Cooper Cup is listed as the number one wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, and Who? he doesn't Who? even have an ADP Who? on Fantasy Football Calculator. <laughs> you guys, he, wide receiver one. He is free, and he's the number one wide receiver on a team. <laughs> I like what? that. Oh, my God. What? You can tell this is Brandon's first year covering the L.A. Rams because she yeah. is very excited about all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just – they're so valuable. You're going to be seen in a different tune. She, she hasn't <laughs> felt the disappointment the rest of us have covering. No, Brandon. no, no. Kenny Britt was able to get over 1,000 yards with a weird case – Keenum, Jared Goff hybrid under Jeff freaking Fisher. And the yet, best coach ever. Ever. But uh, I'm just saying that one of these guys is going to get at least 800, if not 900 I'd yards, say, yeah, and they're all yeah. free. They're yes, all free. Just at the yeah. end, take a chance on any of them. My pick is Cooper Cup. He's a great possession receiver. He basically beat uh, Jerry Rice out for every single record that you could possibly have uh, for the FCS. All-time records for total receptions, total receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. He had a great camp. Tavon Austin, unfortunately, was hurt. But what it did was it allowed Cooper Cup to come in and be like, no, really, I'm legit. Now, yes, he, he was playing in Eastern Washington. 
it. And everyone was sad because he doesn't, ha he hasn't played big games, but he did play a few big games and those were his best games. He is a freak. You guys, he's like, he's like Julian Edelman, but like without Rob Gronkowski there to take targets, he's just there to catch the ball and he's free. No ADP everybody. He's not even on the list and he's a wide receiver one. That is sleeper. Oh, take your flyer. Take the Rams, they're available everywhere. Yeah, you can get, <laughs> I mean, I guess for me, again, we're talking about like strategy and technique. And for me, if you're late in the draft, you I can like get too. players on bad teams for value because no one likes the team. And I get it. I don't like them either. Like legit, I don't think the Rams are going to win a lot of games. But 14th round wide receiver one, that's crazy. I love it. Ashley, who's going to be one of your last picks of the draft? We've already talked about him, and Ted Ginn Jr. is still my guy. I think I've talked about him almost every single show, even the quarterback <laughs> show, where I had no business talking about a wide receiver. I found my he way to bring so up. so many drops, though. He's Ted so Ginn Jr. You can't watch him. You can't watch him. You can't watch him, Brandon. That's fine. I don't need to watch no. him. But he is big What's play, man. Perfect he best ball. Big, Perfect. I was going to say, if you are best ball, oh my gosh, yeah. you absolutely have to get Ted Gedd Jr. He has big playability, speed, and shiftiness. For a guy who is going in the 13th round, again, depending on your league, this is like dirt cheap here. He has the seventh easiest schedule for wide receivers. And now with Drew Brees, who is by far and away more accurate than Cam Newton ever was, you know, and he never fails to throw 5,000 yards. I not only like his value, but I like the opportunity that he has to outperform his ADP. If we look back at his last two seasons, Courtney already mentioned the 95 targets, but in 2015, he had 44 catches for 739 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, and then last year, um, against a, with a very, very rough Panthers team, he had 54 catches, 752 yards, four touchdowns. Those are excellent numbers for a guy that you're going to get in the 13th round. 13th round. I love me some Ted Ginn. Breeze is a little different than Cam Newton. Just slightly. Slightly. But like Courtney said, Brandon Cooks is gone. And so the debate is kind of that, you know, will he be that second guy? The targets are certainly there. Breeze throws a ton. You've got the backfield that's going to provide, that's going to open up in, you know, the secondary. So I, I love Ted Ginn Jr. Again, for dirt cheap 13th round, you're going to have, you're taking flyers at this point. Why not take it on Ted Ginn? Well, he'll be the Ashley. third guy behind Snead, though, right? I don't Doesn't know. Matter. Doesn't matter where he's in the depth chart. I don't know if Brandon I think he'll probably finish above Snead. I think he what? will finish above nice. Brandon loves Snead. Oh. She loves Snead. We can't get into this fight. But Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be like old man connection. <laughs> All I'm saying is, even if he's a wide receiver three, Snead is a wide receiver matter. three, That's 895 right. yards. Oh, I'm going to talk about a wide receiver three right now that I think is going to probably be a wide receiver two as well, Ashley. I have a very soft spot for Mr. Kenny Stills of the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And you know how I hate the Dolphins. He's my guy. He is it. Uh, he could be your last guy in the pick. He's going in the fourth, 14th round. So that's where his ADP is laying. And he just signed a contract ex extending his stay for another four years, which I think will give him more confidence. Um, and you know what? I always thought he was kind of like that big play guy too. And he is. Um, but last year he really did well being more consistent than he had in previous years. So I love that about him. He averages over 17 yards of reception. That's crazy. And the guy that he's competing for, Mr. Devonte Parker, who is going in the eighth round, um, 
had less, had five less touchdowns than Stills did. I mean, so I just feel like Stills is kind of the guy that they look for when they're in that 30-yard, 20-yard, uh, you know, not like five yards away, but, you know, when they have a little ways to go and then Stills makes it into the end zone. Um, so I, I really enjoy him. He scored a touchdown in each games of the regular season last year. That's crazy. Yep. So that's why they signed him the contract. I think they're going to get him more involved in the offense. I don't think that they're fully committed to Mr. Devontae Parker. I don't think Devontae Parker's fully committed to football. So I think that this is the guy that you should not sleep on and get this dude. I'd reach for the I'd get him in the 13th round if I was you. I'd reach. So you Dang. don't miss him. Um, I know, hopping up to that 13th when you're getting Brandon Marshall in the fifth. It's freaking crazy. Um, all right, so we have covered the guys towards the top, the uh, sleepers at the bottom. But which wide receiver that falls in the middle are you maybe reaching for or hope falls to you in the draft? Ashley? So I was the last one to do my notes, so I already know who Courtney is picking, and that is my guy. But I really like Cameron Meredith. Who I almost am. What? Who I almost who I almost did a write up on. No, Emmanuel Sanders. No, I said who I almost did a write on. The Cameron oh, oh, Meredith. Oh. I almost wrote him too. Oh, did you? Funny. Oh, so we both funny. have like, the same. Like my yeah. hair. Um, he's a wide receiver one with an ADP of 108. So yeah, I'll take that. Uh, most definitely. I mean, he started off slow last season, but then he moved into a wide receiver one role by week five and was a top 20 scoring wide receiver for the rest of the season. He's had an incredibly strong end of the season for weeks 14 through 17 as well. So combine that growth with a very favorable regular season schedule, which is the second easiest schedule weeks one through 13. And you have a serious role player on your roster on your hands. His playoff schedule is not as easy, but it's also not horrible at being the 12th hardest. It's pretty middle of the road. I like my odds with Cameron Meredith. I think he's a fantastic pickup where you can get him. Again, that number one wide receiver falling that far is, is far amazing. I think Brandon Brandon, disagrees with me, though. Do you see her? Like, no, I did a full write up about no, 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 no. before knowing Brandon picked her him because <laughs> we are on the same page as well on this one. This is a good one, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess one of the things that Courtney texted me though was like, well, is an 11th round really middle? And I guess I'm probably thinking of more like the 16 plus rounds of, of drafting. And we just did the Scott Fishbowl, which was like 20 million. I was like, that's not yeah. horrible. Uh, yeah. um, but, but still, I would say 16 is probably, uh, you know, uh, decent. I mean, but I think Adam Thielen should be a middle one. Adam Thielen was the number one wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings last season. Uh, he caught 69 of his 88 targets for 967 yards and five touchdowns. And if you saw Minnesota's offense, five touchdowns was pretty impressive, actually. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, just shy of a thousand plus this season, he was an undrafted guy. He's a hometown guy. They love him there from Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, he landed a $17 million deal through 2020 over the offseason. They like him there. And I, mm -hmm. I like Stefan Diggs too, but he Stefan Diggs hasn't really stayed on the field very often. And I think Stefan Diggs actually is a great compliment to Adam Thielen. I think they're actually a good one-two punch. This isn't a, a knock on Stefan Diggs, it's just that Adam Thielen is 
a bargain right now. He averaged 14 yards per reception, 4.4 yards after the catch, and went from playing in 35 of the team's 63 offensive snaps in week one to 61 out of 63 of the team's offensive snaps in week 17. I think Thielen's here to stay, and you can get him late. So to me, uh, he is a big-time bargain, but I think his ADP will go up, and that's why I wanted to talk about him at this point of the show because I just don't see this staying the way it is. I hope it doesn't because, again, Minnesota is yet another not-sexy team. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes True. people, especially like when you're doing like your friends' leagues, you know, we forget because we do a lot of these expert leagues and we're all like the insiders and stuff. But when you're doing a lot of these friends' leagues, you know, I, I usually would never draft a Minnesota Viking wide receiver. Um, but I agree. I think that the value is so crazy. And what I like about Thielen is that he's the second wide receiver on the team because usually the first wide receiver always blows up in your face. Stefan Diggs is going to blow up in your face. So you don't have to waste a really high pick on him. You can just get Thielen at the end and get the wide receiver one value. It's brilliant, Brandon. And I know you are not a one to look at strength of schedule, but Thielen has the second easiest schedule for wide receivers. So, boom, Thielen, Thielen's legit. I, I like that. But I'm going with Emmanuel Sanders, who's falling to the seventh round. I would take him even higher than that. I would be okay reaching for him because you're talking about a guy that was the top one of the top 25 guys in fantasy Yep. points in standard links had over a thousand yards for the third time in a row his quarterback situation isn't great but we've seen him work through that he stopped eating fast food people so don't you worry he's gonna be speedy that's what he said that's all he needed to do and now he's like in the best shape because he's he already fast speedy. Food. oh i love it i love it He's like, I'd stop at McDonald's and I'd get a 20-piece chicken nuggets, and then I'd go straight to Burger King. It's like what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Just kidding. Right? Obviously. <laughs> uh, so I, I like him. So not only are, are that, but they're focused on their offensive line this season, and I love that. So whoever is going to be the quarterback, they're going to have more time to get the ball out. And Sanders is fast. There's Demarius to throw the ball to. They have a little bit more depth in the running back situation this year. So I like Emmanuel Sanders. I think that he is going to be amazing. Uh, let's get move on to the last last five guys on our uh, rankings. Again, go to herfantasyfootball.com slash rankings, and you will see that we ranked 95 wide receivers so the top five may not even be playing in the NFL come week one, but we are in some deep leagues. You may be in some really, really deep leagues. So ladies, which out of these five receivers are you willing to take? We have Jeremy Curse, uh, Philip Dorsett. I said it's Jermaine Curse. Philip Dorsett, Carlos H Henderson, and Victor Cruz. Oh, and Jalen Strong. Jalen Strong. Well, I'm going to go with Dorsett just because of Andrew Luck. I think when you get this deep, you kind of want to look for people that if they had to fill in, they have a quarterback that would get them the ball, regardless of whether or not they're um, 
kind of wide receiver two or wide receiver one material. Um, however, I'm going to be honest with you though, and this is important because, you know, we don't know when exactly you're going to be listening to this show. Uh, he missed mini camp due to a hamstring injury. He uh, is the weirdest first round pick of all time. I remember it was like, hold on, they have T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief and they took him in the first and they have needs like a lot of needs like on defense and the offensive line line yeah uh i remember very distinctly it was like that that whole first round was great and then it got to him and i was like what uh but listen i he's reportedly in danger of maybe not even making the team uh, so this is a little crazy. Uh, he may lose his, at bare minimum, he may lose his wide receiver three spot to Kamar Aiken. Uh, what a fall from grace. But still, I, you know, for me, at this point, when I look at all those people, I think, well, if he was called upon, I think Andrew Luck would have to get him the ball, whether, <laughs> whether he liked it or not. So that would be kind of the only reason for me. Ashley, what about you? Uh, I mean, I don't love any of these guys. Well, but, obviously um, not. Nobody yeah, loves these yeah. guys. Um, I will take Jermaine Curse because he has shown that he can make the big plays uh, yeah. more so than the other guys on this list. Save Victor Cruz back in his glory days, obviously, but there's the injury concern there um, a bit still for me. And, you know, he has absolutely the easiest wide receiver schedule, <laughs> the easiest. So to me, he at least has that opportunity for a game to lean his way to make those big plays that he is capable of. The question is kind of like Brandon is saying, you know, with Dorsett is you've got Paul Richardson, you've got Doug Baldwin, we've got, we've got, is the opportunity for him to be on the field going to be there? I'm not sure, but when he's on the field, he has a capability to make big plays. And so for me, I guess that's what I would be looking for. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we're really digging deep here, but Victor love themselves some Victor Cruz. It's purely just because I want him to be, to do well, be yeah. able to play, you know, I, I mean, but who even knows? None of these guys are probably even going to be on the same team. Come to he's, week one. He's your warm fuzzy pick at the end when it really he's doesn't matter. Warm, and you just yeah. want to say it's a warm fuzzy pick. It's Victor. That's Cruz. right. I'm going to pick yeah. him. Yeah, I am. That's right, Ashley. It's just like Megatron. You just pick him at the end. You know, it just makes you feel better inside. That's all. That's all, Ashley. Thank you yeah, for understanding. Yeah, I get it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would never draft him. But you know, like yeah, it's it's nice. I feel like you feel like you're doing like some charity work picking Victor. Well, if you're Cruz, at a twenty-two, right? you know, round. He's such league, a good like we guy. Were, then maybe. Yeah, he's such a good yeah. guy. So that's that's where my pick is. Okay, well, that is it for us. Please go to HerFantasyFootball.com. You will find our tiered cheat sheet there. It is super easy to use. We are in the midst of draft season. So go check that out again at HerFantasyFootball.com. Listen to us on Sirius XM Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern. Starting this Saturday, we are back. We couldn't be more thrilled about that. And uh, we're going to be talking about the AFC North and NFC North. So that's really exciting. And we're going to have some guests on. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we are constantly updating our rankings again you can find that on our website as well and next week we'll be talking about running backs so we will see you guys then and no more faking it 